a hand today. I personally love that song because, uh, you guys may be seated, I personally love that song because uh, we can be so easily wrapped up by how each and every day can beat us down that we forget how big he is and we forget how good he is, but uh, there's nothing like taking just five minutes and singing a song just about God to remind you how great he is and how he truly is the answer to each and every situation in our lives. Amen. Amen. So the last time that I had the honor of being up here was opening our Christmas Covenant series, and I got the privilege of preaching to you guys about why we even need a Christmas in the first place and how I talked about how uh, sin entered into the world and how we even needed Jesus in the first place. And that's because of humanity creating this gap that was too big for, for ourselves to cross. And so whenever pastor asked me to cover for him today and to uh, preach a message to you guys today, I, I was asking Jesus what he, what he wants me to talk to you guys about today. And he gave me a very simple message and he told me to tell you guys who he is. And so it's a, very, a continuation and it's to the very basis of our faith of remembering who God is to us. And we preach a lot of sermons. We talk about how he's the lamb, how he's the perfect sacrifice. But I want to go a little bit more in depth today and remind us of who he is. And so just as I said, the problem has always been humanity choosing sin and sin corrupting the world that God originally intended to be perfect. And so that therein lies the original problem of sin. God created this perfect world. He created it just for us. He created it for a place for us to have dominion and to live in perfect harmony with Him. To have a perfect and wonderful relationship with Him. This little idea of love that we have can't even compare to what we call the agape love of God. This unconditional love that can't be compared to our even closest idea of what love is. But humanity in a moment of weakness decided to throw away perfection because we wanted to try and reach out and be something more than what we were, unknowingly throwing away everything that God intended for us. And so by humanity being imperfection and throwing away perfection, perfection could only be recovered by perfection. And so that leads me into Exodus chapter 12, verses 21 through 25. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel together and said to them, Go pick out a lamb or a young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover animal. Drain the blood into a basin. Then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood and brush the hyssop across the top of the sides of the door frames of your houses. And no one may go out through the door until morning, for the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame, 
the Lord will pass over your home and he will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. Remember, these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land of the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony. And the reason why I, w- I want to talk, talk about who Jesus is and I want to start with Exodus 12 is because you hear this reference all the time that He is the Lamb of God. But what is the Lamb? And so the Lamb is this animal that had to be slaughtered in order to protect their very lives. The reason why the... In this passage, you can see that Israel being captured by Egypt can be an analogy for all of humanity being captured by sin. This is a place that Israel, the people of Israel, originally ran to for safety. This is where they originally ran to when Abraham uh, was old and when Joseph was reigning in Egypt. And there was a drought in all the land and there wasn't anywhere else to go. So Israel went into Egypt, much, much like when humanity went into sin thinking that was the answer. And so, by humanity going into sin, they became bound, they became chained, and we weren't able to go anywhere without blood. And just as I referenced in my sermon uh, talking about why we even needed a Christmas, that's the first thing that God did when Adam and Eve sinned was slaughter an animal and cover them in its skin. Because only death could temporarily hold back The curse. And so, the price of sin has always been death. When humanity sinned, there was this gap that was uncrossable, incrossable. There was this divide that that came between us and a perfect God that when we even tried to come close into His presence, we couldn't even stand or live in His presence. And so a God that created humanity to be in close relationship with Him and a deep love and connection with Him, because of our sin, we couldn't even come close to the Father. And if we can't even come close to Him, how can we love Him like He originally intended? How could we come close to Him again? In our own strength, we're unable to cross the gap. We saw that If you guys have read Exodus and you uh, read about how when Israel first came out of Egypt and came out of slavery, that even when God gave them all the rules and all the regulations of how to come into His presence, one of the very first times they came into God's presence, one of them died. So that even even God laying out all the things they needed to do to be perfect, even for a minute, to come into His presence wasn't good enough in our own hands and our own ability. And who was Jesus? Jesus was the bridge that was able to bring a lovesick God broken to a dirty and broken humanity. He's that lamb that was, be, was able to be slaughtered so that way we could come back into closeness with him. He wasn't just a lamb that was temporarily slain so that way we could pray to him for but five minutes. He wasn't just a lamb slain so we could just come to him once a day. He wasn't just a lamb that was slain so that way we could pray for just a moment to God. But he was the perfect lamb slaughtered so that we could be in perfect relationship with him just like we sang today with Jairo. 
that he can be more than enough, that he can be in close contact with us. He doesn't have to be a pillar of fire far away from us, otherwise he'll kill us. He doesn't have to be a cloud over us far away, otherwise we die in his presence. But we can come to him right here and right now like we did today and be in his sweet presence and be in that loving relationship like we were just were five minutes ago. And we still are right now. By throwing away perfection, only perfection could reclaim it. God wanted us to have this perfect world, to have this world that I stated in the beginning, to be able to come into a loving relationship with Him. And it took Him coming down in our own form to be able to answer the be the answer to our problem. In this past year, every time I have been worried about finances, every time I've been worried about school, every time I've been worried about work, every time I've been worried about any situation in my life or my health or anything about my family, the whisper that I've kept hearing over and over and over from God is just remember who I am. Because if He is able to be perfection, if He is able to come down in my own form and do everything perfectly where I've dropped the ball, then how much greater is He to meet each and every one of my needs? How is He, how is he much more able to answer each and every one of our problems? How much more is He able to answer every question we have? He's the perfect Lamb. Humanity in our own strength couldn't hold one covenant that we made. If you were in our life groups, you, you saw that we had covenant after covenant after covenant after covenant with God. But the reason why we had to keep having covenant after covenant after covenant is because we couldn't hold up our end of the bargain. And it took a loving, perfect God to come down in our own form, in our own skin, in our own flesh and bone to hold up the law, to hold up something that was impossible to hold up unless you were Him. And to do it in such a loving manner to still be able to connect with each and every one of us. That's what the perfect Lamb was. Where Adam and Eve failed, He was, he was, a, he was able to remain loyal to God. Where Noah wasn't able to stay faithful, Jesus was able to stay faithful. Where Abraham wasn't able to do it, Jesus was able to do it. Where you and I weren't able to do it, Jesus was able to remain faithful. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 14 through 18 summarizes it like this. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit who testifies that this is so. For He says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then He says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. 
for that one offering he forever made perfect, those who are being made holy. There's a process in this because sin is still in the world. We aren't in this perfect world, this perfect garden, this paradise that he wants to be in yet. But we are still being made holy by his goodness, by his sacrifice, by his grace. We are still being made holy. But it's only by his sacrifice that we're able to do that each and every day. That one of the things that I will openly admit to myself and I've admitted to others is that the thing that I struggle with the most is confidence. But when I remember who he is and that he's in a process in me and that he, he has called me for a purpose that the Bible says to uh, march towards this mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, that each and every one of us has a calling, a reason why we're at where we're at. Every morning we wake up, we still have a purpose to breathe, that he is still making us holy. And it's only by his grace and by his sacrifice that we're even able to remotely come close to what it is that he wants us to do. And that he was already able to take away my sins. He's already able to take away my shame, my weaknesses. And so how much more able is he able to work through me, an imperfect vessel, to be able to do everything that he wants to do in my life? And so it's not about my performance. It's not about my ability. It's just about each and every one of us just simply saying yes to the perfect lamb, to the perfect sacrifice. Just like in our first passage in Exodus, all it takes is for us to wake up each and every day and paint His blood over our lives. And we walk in His purpose and His plans. All it takes is for simple obedience to say yes to the perfect Lamb. And to not forget the blood that was shed for us. Because what I've noticed in my own life when I start to be a little bit more anxious, I start to be a little bit more worried and afraid. And the moments that I allow and weakness comes into my life is when I forget about the blood. And if you and I simply remember the goodness of God and stop making it all about us, and remember that it's all about Him and everything that He's already done for us, then the answer is already with inside of us. The Bible says the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is within you and I. The same Holy Spirit that made Jesus perfect and helped Him be perfect and helped Him be able to do all the miracles that He did is in you and I. And the same Holy Spirit is able to work through you and I. And not only does that same Holy Spirit help us to connect with God and to, with that perfect Lamb, but that same Holy Spirit is able to help us to connect with each and every other person we're connected to in our life so that way they too can see the blood of the Lamb. Because when they look at our lives and they see the blood of the Lamb over our lives and see why death isn't knocking on our door, when they see that finances aren't a problem for us, when they see that we recover miraculously from ailments, the blood of the Lamb is the answer. So that they too can be made holy. And that's the covenant, that's the new covenant that God made with us. Is that simply believe that, believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. And He will be King over our lives.
That's the new covenant. We don't have to make any more sacrifices. We don't have to do any of the craziness that they had to do in slaughtering lambs and bulls and goats and all that mess. But the one sacrifice that we do have to give is our lives. Being wholly committed to Him and painting that blood over our lives just as they did in Exodus. And walking in that goodness that Jesus lived in. Because the Bible says that 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 perfect peace is a gift from God. It's a gift that is freely given that we don't have to beg for. His peace is something that we don't have to uh, grovel for or continuously beg God for. It's something that we can simply accept because it's a free gift. And I only say that as an example because each and everything else that we need from God is a gift thanks to the blood. Thanks to who Jesus was. Because that gap that we feel like separates us from God, there's a bridge over it. We don't have to be separated from Him anymore. Every time that we need to come to God, and every time we have a need, every time we have to come close to Him, we can. All it takes is saying, hey God, I want to talk to you real quick. We don't have to go wash ourselves. We don't have to go slaughter a lamb. We don't have to go slaughter a goat or any of the other 15,000 animals that they had to kill before they even went and go pray to God. We can just simply look up to heaven and smile and say, God, I know you're able, and this is what's going on in my life. And it's because that he loves you so dearly. He loves each and every one of us so dearly that we don't have to beg for His presence. We don't have to beg for Him to be in our lives because He already gave it all for us. Jesus already decided before you and I were ever born that He was going to give it all for each and every one of us. So that way we could truly be with him and not be at a distance. Because at the uh, chapter or verse 17 of Hebrews, it says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Now, that's not a free pass. That's not saying you can go out and do whatever you want to do. But that is saying that we can live freely in his grace and in his presence. That if we do sin and if we do trip up and if we do fail, then He's already made an account for it. He's already made an answer. He's already made a solution that anything that we do intentionally or unintentionally, He's already made an answer and already made a plan for it. And His name is Jesus. Jesus is the restorer of humanity. He's the bridge for restored humanity to come close to a perfect heavenly Father. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the resurrected answer and solution to each and everything in our lives. And He is the way, the truth, and the life. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 or 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth as you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. This is why, even though it may be short and why it may be such a simple message today, 
This is why I want to focus just a little bit and in my own small words, express who Jesus is. Because we can't let our roots grow down if we forget who He is. We can't let our roots grow down if we get so lost in the idea of we're trying to be faithful, we're trying to be good, we're trying to do this thing that God wants us to do in our lives because, each, like I said, each, of, each and every one of us has a purpose that if we get so caught up in that, we forget who Jesus is and we get so in love with doing the ministry rather than loving the one who gave us the mission, then how can our roots grow down? If we get so caught up in this world and we get so distracted by this thing called life, then how can our roots grow down in Jesus? Though maybe the reason why we keep getting so tossed by this world is because our roots aren't deep enough. Because we're not drawing in His blood. We're not drawing in in our relationship with Him that we're not able to withstand this world. So if we're being rocked and if we're being, if we're being shaken by everything that's going on, then let's dig a little bit deeper. When we sing these worship songs, let's worship a little bit deeper. Let's focus on who God is. Let's focus on who Jesus is. And when we're not here, and if you're starting to get rocked, dig a little deeper. If you start finding yourself forgetting who you are and becoming anxious, dig a little deeper because He is always readily available for us. Put on a song if you have to, but sing in your own voice, sing in your own worship and dig a little deeper into who Jesus is because only by remembering who He is are we able to live this life He intended for us. Amy, I'm wrapping up if you want to come up here and help me. And finally, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, it says, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made... Sorry about that. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. And so when, like I said, when we feel bound and we feel weak and we feel worn out by the things going on in our lives, just remember that God has already shamed all that. God has already made that ineffective in our lives. God has already made all that null. Because when we run to the Father, when we remember who God is, who Jireh is, who Yahweh is, who Jesus is, and what His blood does for us, then nothing can conquer us. Nothing can knock us over. Nothing is able to hinder us from accomplishing the goal that God has for our lives. Because this life is simply practice for what eternity holds. And that is worshiping him, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I used to think that was boring, honestly. Because I am a terrible singer. And if that's what eternity held, then God help himself because I don't know if he, even he likes my singing. It's like nails on a chalkboard. But 
when I remember who he is, I can't help but sing that. I can't help but praise him and say, holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come because of the blood he shed for me. Knowing all the sins that I would do, knowing all the things that I would do to betray him and knowing all the things that I would do to fall short of his glory and his grace. He still went to that cross and suffered for you and I. He still went and shed his blood for you and I. And yes, he knew that he would resurrect from that grave, but that doesn't make the torture any less hard. That doesn't make the crown of thorns any less painful. It doesn't make the nails any more comfortable. It doesn't make his open back and his spinal cord on that wood any more tolerable. But the blood shed for you and I lets us dig a little deeper. And grow up in his goodness and grow up in his mercy and walk in that glory just like this scripture said that he has for each and every one of us. And so if we'll stand. Like I said, this is a simple and this is a short message. I just want to remember who he is to me each and every day.